Hello, you are listening to the Bat Fans podcast brought to you by the Batmanuniverse.net. Enjoy the show. Is um is Robin still voiced by that guy that used to sing like pop songs? Yeah, he's Jesse McCartney or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess he's working. <laughs> yeah, he does a good job. I, I guess acting, the live action acting careers and. Like working out with them. Yeah, or his <laughs> music career. <laughs> oh man, that's what call that music. <laughs> At least he tried. <laughs> well, I guess he's working. Hello everyone and welcome to the Bat Fans Podcast. You're listening to episode 2, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. My name is Tim and I'm going to be your host for this episode, and with me is Dane. How's it going? How's it going, Dane? It's going very good. I'm getting over the flu, as you can probably tell, it, yep. I feel better. Good, and best to get the flu over with before Dark Knight Rises comes out. <laughs> I remember the last time you said you first saw Dark Knight. <laughs> oh man, that was miserable. So like, it's the midnight premiere of the dark night but like the night of the premiere i had the flu i had the flu bad <laughs> so so bad and like i ended up missing the whole thing in the hewitt building where um batman takes down swat and all like the, the joker guys i missed that entire thing because i went to the bathroom to throw up <laughs> um, what sucks about that too is like you almost made it all the way through <laughs> just at the very end yeah i know like the, the most important scene it, it, it's only appropriate that i get a flu when something big of you know related to to batman movie comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of big things that's going on i mean Kind of wish we weren't recording today because nothing really big has happened this week of Batman. Could you think of anything? It's almost kind of pointless. It's been pretty. Uh, yeah, cool. of course. Um, free Comic Book Day. Today's Saturday. It's Free Comic Book Day today. Um, what is it? The fifth. Yep. Isn't that what's going on? I guess that's something, but <laughs> <laughs> of course there is the biggest thing that happened this week: <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises trailer number three. Finally. I know. And I, and I didn't have to spend money to go see a movie that I didn't want to see. <laughs> oh, come on, you didn't want to see The Avengers? <laughs> I think I was more excited because of the, you know, the trailer and the hype around the, the Avengers movie. But then the Dark Knight Rises trailer came out. And then I read the New York Times um, review of that movie, and they just trashed it. And I don't know, I, I, I just lost that feeling of wanting to go see it. After that, I mean, I, I know it was just one review, but I mean, come on, it's it, it's no Dark Knight, right, Tim? Yeah, I did see the Avengers, and it is really cool, really cool movie. But yeah, it didn't even cross my mind saying it's better than the Dark Knight, or I think it's going to be better than the Dark Knight Rises. I mean, it's kind of what you would expect it to be—really—a great action movie. Which I was a little disappointed that the story was so generic, but I expected this. I'm like seeing these characters all come together for some great action sequences and great character moments. It, was, it had all that, so it lived up to my expectations, but not the greatest comic book movie ever. <laughs> but what I was disappointed in 
was when I went to go see it, they didn't even show the Dark Knight Rises trailer with it. What? Yeah, like, oh, oh they pull, Did they pull it? I don't know, because... Because I know they're supposed to show that. They're supposed to show the new Spider-Man trailer with it. And I didn't see any of those. It was just, like, all these other crappy movies that are coming out. <laughs> that, that was one of the highlights for going to see the Avengers. Finally get to see the Dark Knight Rises trailer on the big screen, but nothing. Well, maybe it was just your, your theater. That's what I'm hoping. I'm probably going to see it again, and hopefully I want to see the trailer with it this time. But uh, before the trailer came out, they had the, they started the new viral marketing campaign, which had the... Uh, where you went to the website, had, like, these police files for, like, the hunt for Batman, pretty much. And they had all these lists of addresses that would that you would go to, and then you would see, like, these little bat uh, markings on, like, the walls of a building or, like, a sidewalk or something, which is kind of what they had in the trailer, too, which is cool. Yeah, the, the little kid with the, the chalk, right? Yeah. So I guess it, how it worked was you take a photo of it, and then you would send it in, and, like, each time a photo would be sent to that bat marking, it yeah. would reveal, like, a shot from the trailer coming out. Which was kind of, like, I was, thought it was cool that, how it was being done, but at the same time, kind of, I was torn between wanting to look at the trailer, those quick little shots, but at the same time thinking, do I really want to see the trailer first this way? <laughs> like, these small little screens of it, so. <laughs> Thankfully, it came out in time where the, I didn't see all of it that way. Yeah, because it was kind of funny, because I was looking at that website, and then I emailed you, Tim, and I was like... <laughs> Oh, uh, I just want to see this trailer already. And you're like, just go on YouTube and watch it. <laughs> like, what? And so, like, I I didn't even know what was up. I mean, when did they post that trailer? It was Monday evening. And I, yeah. It actually took me by surprise, too, because I think they started the campaign on that same Monday. I mean, the, the website changed to the viral information on Sunday night, I believe. And then Monday yeah. when everyone was submitting those pictures. I was expecting it to like go on for the whole week, and eventually on Friday when the Avengers came out, that's when they would release the trailer online too, like when all those photos have been submitted. So I was really shocked when on Monday I saw it on there. Like, oh wow, really cool! Because <laughs> this is the first time for The Dark Knight Rises anyway, where uh, the trailer debuted online first before the movies. Because I remember for the first and second one, they had to wait to the weekend after the weekend of whatever movie it premiered with to show up online. Yeah. So it's cool that we got it early. Yeah, it's, it, especially because I really didn't want to go see the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been really mad too because when I went to go see the Avengers and I they didn't show the trailer and I'd still have to wait till next Monday. <laughs> so the Monday oh, after no. the oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, so after you saw what was your first immediate impression? I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> especially like. I mean, the biggest complaint I had with the second trailer was that they didn't show Batman enough. This time they did. They 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 showed Batman enough, and that 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 was my first impression. And um, but then after watching it a couple times, I was like, we've kind of seen all the, all of this footage before. Yeah, because at first I was thinking the same team, the same thing as I was going around, like the first few seconds of it, it was like, okay, it was like shots from the prologue. And little shots from the other trailers, but then it eventually got going. Where it was pretty much all new stuff or variations of certain shots that we've seen before. Yeah, but like um, going back to my first impressions, I mean, I, I felt like this was the first Dark Knight Rises trailer that we had that actually felt hopeful. You know, it, it wasn't like, oh, Bane's gonna you know destroy Gotham and kill Batman. 
It was really? more like Batman's gonna stand up and fight. Uh, I actually have a, uh, the opposite reaction of that. Actually, <laughs> really? I don't know because um, I think if this was started. The music that it started off with was kind of like a like a eerie, not eerie, but kind of like a downer type tone. Of this you know, something's not right. Yeah, but then it picks up. It I does, mean, but with the whole thing, you know, with um, I haven't given Gotham my all yet. And you know, Batman standing on the on that statue looks like. Yeah, that's the one shot where I could agree with where it does look hopeful in that. But with the line that Batman yeah. says, where where Catwoman tells me, you, know, "You give these people enough," and he goes, "No, not yet." That kind of hit me. Where like, uh oh, that means he's gonna go make the ultimate sacrifice. Really? Could, yeah. Because I interpreted that like, um, you know, yeah, I got beat up and everything, but. I haven't given it my all yet. I, I still have stuff to give Gotham. Like, like um, I'm not going to give up. Because well, the way I looked at it was that there's something bad that's really going on right there, and he has to do something to stop it. Something like, who knows what it is, but that may cost him his life. And as he's about to do it, Catwoman's trying to talk him out of it, saying, you've done enough for these people already. And that's where he goes, no, not yet, I haven't. And that's where <laughs> I think he's going to do something that will eventually either cost his life or cost him to not be Batman anymore. So that's why I didn't get that hopeful feeling that you got. I kind of got him like, uh-oh, they're actually going to do it where he's either going to die or he's not going to be Batman at the end anymore. I guess you do have a point. But, yeah, there were so many cool shots on there where you just have to pause and, like, go frame by frame as you're looking at it. I mean, it's hard to choose which one's my favorite, but oh, I just can't wait for the whole fight with Bane. Yeah, that, that one scene with Batman and Bane fighting where it looks like Bane turns around and punches yeah. Batman. That looks cool. Oh, I love that. What's kind of cool about that was, if you remember from the first trailer, it ends with that shot of Bane walking towards Batman. Yeah, it looks steps, like a, right? Yeah, it looks like it picks up right after that. Like, that's the next shot that happens as Bane's walking up. I just hope I'm not building the scene up too much for myself, but it ends up being, like, a real short fight where Bane takes him out real quick, but... <laughs> I that would be funny, though. That. Like, you're like, oh my god, it's gonna be this big fight, and it ends up being like five seconds at the most. <laughs> that one shot, that one punch, <laughs> game, that was it. <laughs> no, but I, I, I mean, if if we can, you know, take anything from the other, or you know, the Dark Knight, the the big fight is gonna, you know, be drawn out. And another thing, if we've even seen what the final sequence is gonna be of the movie, because for the Dark Knight, they really didn't show. Too much of that in any of the trailers. Well, they didn't show it at all, did they? They might have had a few quick shots of him in the building with the Joker. Not a lot, though. And definitely nothing of a Two-Face ending, but... Yeah. That's what I'm kind of thinking, if we even know what... If any of these scenes that they showed is actually going to be the final sequence of the movie. And as I'm watching it, I'm trying to, like, piece together how, like, these scenes are going to flow. Like, if that shot of Bane and Batman fighting with the water, like, flowing over them, if that's going to be where Bane takes out Batman, which it looks like it is, because it looks like the same area where he tosses his cow off. Does that look like the Batcave to you? I mean, can, can we say that it's that that's the Batcave? It does at certain shots, but then the, it also reminds me of that, I don't know if it's that prison area that Bruce Wayne is in, that has all those levels on there, because it kind of certain shots yeah. to me it looks like that, so I don't know if, if it's there or if it is in the Batcave, but I'm kind of hoping it is the Batcave. It seems like those scenes in that, I don't know, prison, if that's what you want to call it, mm. It, it looks like uh, Bruce has a beard. Yeah. That's what, like, maybe so, he goes back there for some reason after he escapes. Uh, so, I don't know. Or maybe if there's that whole uh, fight sequence where out in the city where he's fighting Bane with the, the police and the 
mercenaries fighting each other. If maybe if that starts it and eventually yeah. it leads into that later, but or is that? I can't wait to see that the the, the clash between the Bane's guys and the uh, GCPD. Yeah, and like I can't wait to see the um, the stadium uh, blowing up because we we to see a little bit more, and apparently like the mayor is there. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's gonna get out of there alive. <laughs> Yeah, and what I realize is that it seems like with that Mara character, they like to have him standing close to something and uh, something, you know, <laughs> going at his face. Yeah, that's true. Scaring him. First, we have a, uh, a Joker guy being hung. and I mean, the, the, the Batman guy being, being hung. Then now we have what appears to be a large explosion. Yep. So if you're anywhere near that, that Mara guy... It, it's better to, you know, keep on edge because something's going to scare you. <laughs> now, did you get jumped when we saw the Dark Knight and that Batman crash into the window the first night? It, it was kind of funny because, like, like I said, I was sick, really sick. And, um, well, like, that part happened. Everybody jumped, and, <laughs> and then I jumped, like, three seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> Delayed reaction. Yeah, I was like, whoa, like, after putting <laughs> Then everyone looks at you funny, like, what are you jumping at? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, you know, I'm just making sure my body still works. <sighs> Judging me at every, every turn. <laughs> yeah, another scene that, or a quick shot that kind of gave me chills I saw was, like, scenes where Bruce just wakes up and he sees Bane, like, standing, or his face right in front of him. He's all beat up. He just asks him, like, why didn't you just kill me? And then Albane tells him, your punishment is, needs to be more severe. And it's like, man, when have we ever seen Batman like this in a movie where he's all beat up? It just gave me that whole Nightfall vibe, too, which which is awesome. I just hope, I know Christopher Nolan does all, you can never tell what he's going to do, how the movie flows. But I just hope Albane captures Bruce Wayne It's as after he beats him up as Batman. He doesn't, like, take Bruce Wayne hostage and doesn't know that he is Batman. I hope that he does know it's Batman, he beats him up, and he takes him to this prison. Because I would just... That would just be awesome. It has that whole nightfall feel to it. And that's how he ends up in the prison. Yeah. Or an underground place. That's, a, that's an interesting theory. I hope that's how it plays out. I wanted to ask you about the voice. Because, you know, the prologue, it wasn't very good. You know, you could hardly uh, tell what Bane was saying. Do you think they modified it? Do you think it sounds better? Yeah, I think it definitely sounds better. I mean, they didn't have any of the same dialogue as from the prologue. But from the yeah. few times he spoke in this trailer, yeah, it's it's a lot clearer, I noticed. I have no trouble with it. And I've heard they did fix it with the prologue, too. Because, you know, they had that uh, CinemaCon event, like, maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the people who saw it said they showed some scenes from the prologue, and they did notice a big difference with Bane's voice, where you can hear it a lot better. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. Yeah, but, like, uh, I realize that that voice is pretty menacing, especially with the yeah. accent. Uh, it, it being filtered through that, that um, mask or whatever sound effect they put on that. Yeah, and if you watch it, because um, I watched it on my TV with the speakers, speakers hooked up on Xbox Live. They have these trailers that you can see. And if you watch yeah. it with the subwoofer on, it sounds really cool. His voice is really deep, and it kind of makes the room and your speakers shake a little bit. That one line that he says there, it sounds really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it it looks like they nailed Bane. Yeah. Like, I mean, they really did. That, that, that's the biggest impression that I got. Um, from this trailer, is that they've nailed the Bane character. I mean, he's big, he's intimidating, he can fight, he has a creepy voice. He looks I smart, mean, too, which is important. He look, yeah, he's not an idiot. <laughs> looks like the only thing, though, that they're not going to do is 
does anything with the venom. It appears like he yep. doesn't have any tubes or anything, but I don't think I'm it's kind gonna... of okay with that. Yeah, I agree. Because going off the prologue, he needs that mask for some reason to breathe. Or... Yeah, so... something did happen to him where he needs it. So yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm sure that'll take the place of the venom thing. Yeah. But um, what did you think about the uh, Anne Hathaway, Selena Kyle? I mean, the little the little of we, that that we saw. Yeah. I mean, that's another great thing about this trailer, like. The, people, the characters we haven't seen too much of, like Catwoman and uh, uh, Joseph Cordelevis' character, uh, Blake. I forget, I'm blanking on his first name right now. I just know his last name. John, John Blake? Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah we finally got more of them. And As far as uh, Anne Hathaway as Catwoman, I'm pretty much sold on her. I mean, I think her costume looks great and her line of dialogue. It's, I do get that Catwoman, Selena Kyle vibe from her. Even in that last yeah. shot where she's in the, the badge, she tells Batman that my mother warned me without getting into the... Cars with Strange Men. This reminded me of something that Catwoman would say, like, in an animated series episode or something, where she sneaks into the Batmobile and she says this, like, line to Batman, and then Batman just casually responds, like, this is not a car. Just, to me, felt like typical Batwoman, Batman and Catwoman uh, banter that they have with each other. So, I think she's going to be great in it, too. I don't know. I mean, there's that one scene where um, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt characters, like, um, is he dead? And... Anne Hathaway is like, I don't know or something. Yeah, she goes, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That that's felt kind of weird, especially like when they uh, they cut to her. Yeah, because it kind of gives you the feel that they know Bruce Wayne is Batman, or they know that, yeah. or they know that they're in, like they're partners with Batman in some way that they work with him or they're working together with this. It's like they're all part of the same team or something. Yeah, so just going off of the trailer, it, it looks like Catwoman is going to be playing both teams, you know, with, with Bane. Maybe something goes wrong with Bane, and then uh, she jumps over to Batman's side. It's, I don't think she's going to be with Bane at all. I think she's going to be off doing her own thing, like being a cat burglar and all that. But then eventually yeah. side with Batman to stop Bane with whatever he's planning on doing a Gotham, but I don't know if she's going to be in league with being like, helping him out at all. I mean, we'll see. You never know, but yeah. I'm not getting that impression so far. Well, I mean, she clearly has some sort of interaction with the guy, because, I mean, again, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character is like, are you talking about Bane or something like that? And uh, Anne Hathaway is like, if you're smarter like me, you would run. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So, to me... Um, whoever said that, I don't know if that was actually Anne Hathaway who was saying that, because it didn't sound exactly like how she sounded in the other clips. So I'm wondering if that was actually Miranda Tate or, or Talia saying that, <laughs> saying that she knows who Bane is and know what he's all about. Yeah. But another thing about the John Blake character, it's, I know there's all that rumors saying he's actually going to not be John Blake, and there's a rumor that ooh, maybe he's going to be Dick Grayson or Sean Paul Valley or something, but yeah. I still get, I get that impression that there is something more to his character. Well, um, I mean, this is totally a rumor, totally 100% a rumor. Don't take my word for it at all. But um, I was listening to Matt's podcast at darknetnews.com, and he apparently got an email from a guy that works at HeroClix. Is that it? Yeah. And um, uh, I guess they're doing something with the Dark Knight Rises, and they had a a John Blake, um, what, figurine? Yeah, from those HeroClix where they had his figure, I guess. Yeah. Who he's going to be? Well, they they had a John Blake figurine, and on the the box description or whatever, it said that 
you know, John Blake is a New York City, I mean, a Gotham City cop, blah, 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 everything that we already know. But it says that he also goes by the code name Asriel. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember reading that, too. But I don't know. <laughs> I can't see the stretch. It, yeah, it did seem like a stretch that it'd be Asriel and not use uh, John Paul Valley instead. And that's yeah. it. Like, at the same time, I kind of, oh, that's kind of cool that he's actually, that are, those theories are correct, but at the same time, I'd be disappointed where they wouldn't use that as Dick Grayson instead. Yeah, because... If, if they're going to do go that route with this character, I hope they make him as Dick Grayson or one of the Robins. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've read it on different sites where there's, like, been debates for different people saying that um, this trilogy can't be the definitive Batman trilogy because uh, there is no appearance by Robin or Dick Grayson in it. And he's such a central character to the Batman mythos. And, like, people were, I think it's probably where the rumor started, where this is Nolan's way of somehow getting that character in there in a different way. Like, he won't suit up as Robin or anything, but he'll be, like, Bruce's partner. I do get that feel that him and Bruce are going to be working together a lot during the movie. Like, as his inside into the Gotham Police Department. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to be Robin. I don't think they're ever going to say that if he is, but I don't know, just... I think they're going to have him be, like, some type of partner to Bruce where you kind of get that feel, like, this is how a Robin would work in this in his universe or something like that. Uh, I guess so. But and then, I, mean, I don't know if you've heard this, but there's a lot of speculation, too, going on that at the end, maybe he's going to be the one who takes on the mantle of Batman if Bruce sacrifices himself in the movie at the end. I, I've even heard people say at that, that last shot of him standing on that building, that great shot, that maybe that's yeah. actually him and not Bruce Wayne. Like, maybe that's the last shot of the movie. Well, that was part of the rumor that we were talking about before with Asriel. I mean, Asriel did, you know, of course, take over yeah. for Batman after Bane broke his back, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I just don't think so. I don't think Bruce Wayne is going to die. I just can't. I just can't imagine that. Me too, yeah. I mean, for one thing, is WB really going to let Christopher Nolan kill off one of their... Biggest cash cows. I honestly think they're letting him do whatever he wants, because I mean, they know this is it. It's going to get rebooted anyway. So you, yeah, you always have to reboot, which is prevalent in every single movie. Of course, but not even failed ones now, even successful ones. Yeah, no, no. I, I was sick this um, uh, this past week. I stayed home Monday and Tuesday, which gave me a lot of time to watch crappy movies. <laughs> And I got the opportunities to sit down and watch uh, Superman 2, or no, sorry, Superman 3 yeah. and Superman 4. Oh, man. And I have to say, as bad as Batman and, Ro- Batman and Robin and Batman Forever is, it's not as bad as those movies. Wow. I mean, Superman 3, Superman literally goes on vacation. <laughs> I haven't seen those he movies in so long. Yeah, and like, the Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, he um, he wants to rid the world of nuclear weapons, so... <laughs> and he takes on Nuclear Man. <laughs> yeah, Nuclear Man, and he comes out of the sun fully, uh, as a full adult, male, human, with a full costume. It's a miracle. But, like, I was thinking, like, between... I mean, with Batman, we had the, the 89 movie, and we had Batman Returns, and I was thinking that between Batman Returns and Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I think that compared to Superman, the Superman movies three and four, um, the 
Batman movie is just so much better because um, after, literally after Superman 2, the series just took a straight dive down. I mean, in quality. <laughs> yeah, they, they were just terrible. At, like Batman was a slow, a slow drop until you know Batman and Robin, you know, completely hit rock bottom. But I mean, literally Superman 3, it just goes straight down. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I think those maybe could be a little more watchful than Batman and Robin, especially, is because at least you have Christopher Reeve still as Superman. He's still, I think, as good as Superman. And then Batman and Robin, you got George Clooney as Batman, which is terrible. Well, Val I mean, Kilmer wasn't he, 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 even though, yeah, it is Christopher Reeve in his iconic role, and he, he looks iconic in that in the Superman costume, the, the lines he's given in <laughs> Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, and the situations he's in, like literally a 15-minute scene in Superman 4: Quest for Peace, he's he um it's that old thing where he brings two girls or he schedules two dates yeah. with two different <laughs> girls and he's trying to juggle them and it's like I literally want to see Superman. Where is Superman? <laughs> and like it, it doesn't even feel like a Superman movie. It's like um it's like a Clark Kent movie and it's. Like, Superman is like, oh, I, I guess I'll show up in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it gets it, 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 through it, doesn't he? It gets scratched. Uh, yeah. He gets scratched. It's literally not even a flesh wound. <laughs> oh, now you make me want to see the movie again. It is terrible. <laughs> I mean, compared, I'd rather watch Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. At least they're kind of funny. <laughs> and I think I get super, Superman movies are just more... Boring, painful, and not funny. It's, like, more annoying than anything. Yeah, either. they... Oh, and, um, John Cryer. Oh, yeah. From, uh, oh, my God. Lex Luthor's nephew. How that, guy, how that guy has a career today, uh, it totally amazes me. I mean, what the... What the hell was he thinking? <laughs> that was his breakout role, come on. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, he, he's literally um, that guy from, um, was he in 16 Candles? Well, I don't know. <laughs> One of those uh, John Hughes movies. He's literally that same character in the Superman world. <laughs> oh, God, it, it's it's terrible. But but anyways, why are we talking about Superman? Yeah, the one time Gary's not on to talk about it, we start talking yeah, about Superman. I <laughs> no, I, I actually would want him on because, like, um, I, I would want to see him defend that. <laughs> I would like to see that, and if he can do it, um, man, I, I just don't know how to judge movies anymore. <laughs> I gave you my one def- defense on those movies. It's not Christopher Reeve, but other than that, I think there's nothing. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, back. To I, 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 I got us way off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who would have guessed the discussion on the new Dark Knight Rises trailer would lead into Superman: The Quest for Peace? <laughs> hey, we're the only podcast that went into it that did that. There, so. I'm sure we are. <laughs> <laughs> so you got bonus discussions on this one. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, I mean, I think it's easy to say that this is definitely the best trailer out of the three that we got. Oh, yeah, another thing we didn't really talk about the the more shots we got of the bat. Uh, I mean. Before, I think I've said it to you guys previously that I wasn't too keen on the whole design of it, but that quick shot, they show it, dodging those missiles and going over that skyscraper, skyscraper was just, it looked awesome. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. That is going to be really cool to see on a big screen. And I finally noticed, too, because I remember there was discussion about maybe having propellers on there, and you get a really good shot of them that it's underneath. Yeah, it is, right? Because the thing turns over. Yep. You see, I, I swear to God, like, when that thing first hit the Internet, like, the first rumors were that that thing was going to have a helicopter on top, and it was going to be yeah. straight, like, like a helicopter. But, it, I mean, I guess it just goes to prove that you can't believe these rumors that come out. <laughs> really? Is that what it means? <laughs> uh, I think we should start our own rumor. Let's start something like Bane is actually a woman <laughs> that took, like, massive amounts of steroids and actually turned into a man and uh, shaved her head <laughs> and that Tom Hardy only played Bane for half the movie. Just for the prologue. <laughs> just for the prologue. Uh, that scene where he has that guy and he's like, I'm Gotham Reckoning. That Those two scenes and then like a couple other you know, throwaway scenes. So, so yeah, That'll be our rumor, um, the, the bad fans' rumor that um, Bane is actually a woman in disguise. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. So when it does happen in the movie, you know who to give credit for. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to put a little spin on things, Catwoman is really a man. <laughs> Believe it or not. It's a whole flip-flop. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I mean, I wanted to touch on one other thing, like on a, on a serious note. What do you think they're they're gonna? I mean, going back to um, the second trailer that we got, the, f- the first full trailer that we got. Um, what do you think they're gonna do with Commissioner Gordon? Because we hardly got anything from him in this movie. Yeah. And uh, I mean, not this movie, this um, this trailer. trailer. But like, um, you know, the, f- the first trailer we got, we got. You know, Commissioner Gordon in the bed, and then the second one we got is he's giving the speech, and those two guys are talking that um, the bear's going to try to oust them. So what do you think they're doing with that? Yeah, it seems like they're trying to run him out as commissioner, and they don't want him anymore. Yeah. And then, obviously, something happens somewhere he gets injured. But I wonder if that's going to be at the end. Like, that's how, like, the last we see of Commissioner Gordon in the movie is hurt, or if he does recover from it, he does... Oh, how bad that, that, that would suck. Yeah, I mean, I hope it doesn't end that way. But at least yeah, that for, would know. suck if, if um, the last scene is him, you know, in that bed, in that, in that hospital bed. But but he does say that the Batman needs to come back, which makes me think it happens in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, at least in the middle. I, I'm just hoping, like, I don't yeah. think that's going to be at the end of the movie. I just hope we see him in action again after that. Like, we just yes. don't see him in the hospital watching stuff on the news, on the TV, of what's going on, but he's actually in action again. Well, I mean, this is, like, totally far-fetched, but do you think that uh, Commissioner Gordon is a commissioner anymore? After yeah. This yeah, I still think he will be. I bet you those yeah. guys who are trying to run him out, I bet they get killed by Bane. Yeah, that's true. The mayor, those two guys. <laughs> They're all in the same box at the football game. <laughs> the mayor looks pretty screwed in that. Yeah. In that. Scene of him, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, not that the other trailers didn't, but this one just got me even super excited for it. Like it just made that wait even longer. And like, yeah, unlike you, I was all pumped. Months. I was getting ready for the Avengers this week. I'm watching all the Marvel movies, getting ready to see it. And then this trailer comes out, and all I want to see is The Dark Knight Rises and watch all the Batman movies and everything. Like, just I mean, maybe totally forget about the Avengers like, for a few days. 
<laughs> for like three days, that's all I care about. Yep. Just this Dark Knight Rises trailer. I don't know how many times I watched this thing, you know, frame by frame by yeah. frame. Yeah, I just on the first day. Yeah, especially that first day. I mean, I was like, there's an Avengers movie coming out? <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, only this was coming out this week. Ah, <laughs> oh, three more months, yeah. Yep. A little under three months, but... <laughs> uh, three months, nonetheless. <laughs> I know. It's like, this whole year is going by quick, but these next two months are going to go by so slow. Especially when we hit July. It's like, it's only like three weeks away that's going to go by so slow, I bet you. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that the Dark Knight Rises destroys the Avengers. Yeah, everything. I mean, I wanted to take over the I mean, Avatar, Titanic... Oh, to get God, it to be number that one. That kills me. I know. That kills me that Titanic and Avatar, or Avatar and Titanic are number one and number two. I know. It should be either Star Wars or Batman number one. That's how it should be. Uh, Batman. <laughs> Batman, yeah, number one. Star Wars, number seven. <laughs> seven. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just playing Tim. I know, I know you want to kill me now. <laughs> seven is much too low. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, but seriously, Tim. Um, Star Wars, you have three. You have the first three movies, and you have the second three movies. You know the the um, prequel trilogy, and then you have the um, uh, four through six, and you have Batman, the the Chris Nolan trilogy. Oh no! Which one? Do you, which one would you pick? Uh, you're gonna make me choose. <laughs> no, you have to pick one. You have to pick one. Otherwise, um, your house is gonna burn down. <laughs> Well, if I tell you my answer, I'm probably not going to be back on the podcast anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, which trilogy, which one is it, the prequel or the fourth or sixth? Yeah, that's the thing, I don't break them up into, to me it's the saga now, it's all six together. So. Well, well, I mean, just because there's only three of the Chris Nolan and Batman movies, which three would you pick? Okay, the original trilogy would be my number one. That's what I thought, yeah. Oh, Tim, I'm sorry, but uh, you're not going to be on the podcast anymore. Sorry, fans. I figured. So. Goodbye, everybody. It's good to be here for two episodes, but <laughs> I no, of course not. <laughs> of course not. You, you you still like Batman better than you like Jar Jar Binks, right? Oh, come on, of course. <laughs> but will I say George Clooney is Batman better than Jar Jar Binks? I don't Ooh, think so. That's tough. <laughs> Speaking of Batman, Robin, how all those costumes were terrible and they were made for toys. Have you seen any of the new Dark Knight Rises toys that are supposed to be coming up by Mattel? They look terrible. They look like something you would see out of Batman and Robin. Yes, I I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because, I mean, I absolutely hate it when the, these toy companies come out with, you know, the that image that you see of Batman, the, the Christian Bale suit that he wears in the movie. And then you have this white and black one, and then you have this um, this blue one, and then it's like green blue with like s- silver plating on his chest or something. <laughs> like, what kid wants that? Yeah, and he has like an aqua utility belt too. Like, <laughs> and, and that and that Bane one. Yeah, that's another bad thing. It doesn't even stop with Batman. It goes with Bane too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's up with the light colors? I mean, clearly. Bane isn't wearing any light colors in that. Bane. <laughs> He's not wearing blue <laughs> or the that light blue. Uh, this looks terrible. I mean, uh, you can maybe uh, you can maybe uh, give it a pass if they're trying to go with the more comic look of 
for him, but it doesn't even look anything like that. It just looks terrible. Yeah, it it does it it doesn't work at all. You know, that every kid who's gonna want these toys is gonna get the ones that has the worst color. <laughs> They're not gonna get the original. Yeah, I know, especially towards Christmas time and like like parents, you know, last minute Christmas shopping or you're gonna be like, oh, I can't find the original Batman. Uh Tim is just gonna have to deal with these Rainbow light blue rainbow Batman. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. To deal with it. Like even they did this with uh, Batman Returns, I think, is the first movie where they had the different colors, but those colors look good. They actually kind of fit. Yeah. It was, like, either a white or kind of a gold, but, but it still went with the figure. Like, didn't look out of place or weird or anything. These just look weird. <laughs> yeah, especially that, um, I mean, of course, that blue one, but that black and white one where he has the white, the majority of his suit is white. Yeah. That's why I don't buy toys. Yeah, just stick with statues. <laughs> that's all I usually get when I get stuff. Oh, uh, I, I feel sorry for the kid that's going to get, one of, like, the blue one or the, the white one for Christmas, even though he wants the original one. <laughs> I'm goes out to that kid. Any kid who gets it, maybe they could just paint it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> just paint it black. It's a toy. Now you got to work to make it look like how you want it to be. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um... The only other Dark Knight Rises thing that I noticed was those uh, those promo images that released. I think they were like a few, maybe like a week or a few days before the trailer came out. I mean, nothing really new or great, but I did like that shot of Bane and Batman about to fight each other. You got Batman jumping in, and Bane looks like ready to punch his face as he comes towards us. <laughs> I just yeah, like cool I, I thought that that was weird. I really? Mean, one thing, the pose is kind of awkward, and... It looks like Christian Bale has his head in a way where, like, no human could turn their head, <laughs> especially in a full costume like that. It's, it's a special new cow he's got that allows his head to be that. Oh uh, yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they're gonna explain it. Yep. But um, for me, the like the pictures look a little overdone to the point where they kind of look fake. Yeah, you know they're doing stuff with it, but I just like how yeah. uh, that shot is. I hope we get something like that in the movie. Because it's, it just looks like a cool comic panel that you would see. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does. Especially that um, that one where uh, uh, Christian Bale is looking straight at the camera and he's kind of kind of has his knees bent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, looks like there's the that uh, that bad copter or whatever the in bat. the background. <laughs> yeah, bat. Sorry, I forgot it had a name. I st- I'm still not sold on the name either. The bat. The bat you don't yeah. like it. Uh, like this is too way too simple. <laughs> It looks cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm warming up to how it looks now, but other than that, I think that's about all the stuff I noticed for Dark Knight Rises this last few weeks, but I think as the, we get closer and closer, I wonder if we're going to get, I know we're not going to get another trailer, but if like more TV spots are going to come up with new footage or they're just going to use the same shots like from the trailer, just make them shorter, but here's to see how much more we'll get now. We haven't seen any TV spots. Yeah, it is still a little too early for it, but I think probably... And once June hits is when we're going to start seeing some. I mean, if you watched at least 10 minutes of TV this past week, you've seen at least five uh, Avengers commercials. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, they, they're they really pumping that, and hopefully we'll get something, you know, on TV. I hope Warner Brothers isn't thinking, too, that 
Uh, everyone's going to see this anyway. We don't need to like push it that hard for a promotion. I mean, I, I'd like to see it the same amount Avengers guys. Yeah, I don't think they would take that for granted that, you know, oh, all these Batman fans are going to see it. Yeah, I don't think they will either, but the, my, my, the back of my mind is like sometimes things like, I hope they're not thinking that they could just bank on the success of the Dark Knight for this one and not promote it like they would normally. But I was just about to say that would be a stupid move, but Warner Brothers did put out Batman and Robin, so... <laughs> yeah, and you would hope they learned their lesson. <laughs> I'm sure that was a movie they were promoting hard <laughs> to get people to go see because they knew how terrible it was. <laughs> yes, especially with all the toys and stuff and all the money they could have made off of that. Yeah. Let's just hope we don't have to go through that again with the next reboot. Hey, uh, do you watch Young Justice, Dave? No, because I just can't get home in time. Because I end work at 4, and it comes on here at 4, or 5 o'clock. Really? That late? What time does it come on for you? It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. Because um, when the whole DC Nation thing started, it went back to Saturday mornings. Oh, I, I thought it was on Fridays. I mean, it used to be, but... <laughs> yeah, because I could never get home in time, and... You said it airs 7 in the morning for you? Yeah, 7 or 7.30. Okay, that's 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm not going to wake up hungover and watch <laughs> Young Justice. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to get a DVR. <laughs> it's a lifesaver. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but, yeah, the last two episodes, it's kind of weird. Uh, two weeks ago, they had their season finale for season one, which took almost a year and a half to end because <laughs> of its scheduling. But it finally ended, and then last week I had the season two premiere. It was kind of weird that you had the season finale, but then the next week you go straight into the premiere of season two. But the last two episodes are probably the best episodes of the series. I mean, you've really got some really cool like Robin and Batman moments in there. I mean, the season finale. So, so, so Batman uh, shows up in that show. Yeah, for the season finale, like some that. Yeah, I, I have no clue what goes on in that show. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I've seen one episode. <laughs> like the premiere? <laughs> no, I think it was, um, was there a, um, was there an episode with Poison Ivy or somebody green? I think, you, I think she was part of the, when they did, like, the uh, Injustice Gang or the Secret Society, where they had, like, all the supervillains team up. I think she was a part of that. I'm not exactly sure, because I only saw that episode once. I know Joker was part of that, but... I don't know. I just, it's like I said, I just could never either get home in time from work, uh. or I couldn't... Um, I'm not... I can't really wake up at 4.30 in the morning when I went to <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Drunk. <laughs> or just stay up that little extra and watch it, and then go to bed at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, the last... The season finale episode, probably like the best scene out of the whole series where... Like, the Justice League gets taken, like, their minds get taken over by Vandal Savage. And if, so, like, it, the members of Young Justice have to go to the Watchtower, and then you get to see, like, probably the coolest fight sequence of Robin actually fighting Batman. You know, Superboy fighting Superman, but that Batman and Robin fight was awesome. Probably, like, the best fight sequence, fight sequence of the whole series, I thought. It was really cool. Because Robin's definitely the best fighter on the team, and you can just tell he's been trained by Batman. And then seeing them fight each other was, was great, like, Dick was doing cool moves as Robin, but Batman was, like, blocking all of them and just getting the best of them. <laughs> but, like, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that before, like, animated-wise, where Robin's taking on Batman. So it was cool to see that. But uh, what's cool about the series is how it's shaping up for season two, which I didn't see coming at all, is that it jumped five years into the future. And so now we're seeing Dick as Nightwing and no longer Robin. But yet the team expanded to where you got Tim Drake as Robin in there. 
So he's got a bunch yeah. of – and then he got Batgirl in there too. So this is really yeah, cool story shaping up. That's weird how they're going to do that. I mean, they're just going to age the show, right? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, anime shows like Dragon Ball Z or something where it would end on a certain note where there were kids, but then all of a sudden they'd jump up to where they're adults and you just follow their story from that point on. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no there's no explanation on why they're um, jumping ahead five years or whatever it is, right? No, I mean, yeah. Just, and there's no, like, I mean, I'm assuming nothing happened between those five years. Well, that's the thing where, where the season finale left off. Like, certain members of the Justice League, while they were under Vandal Savage's control, they were yeah. missing, and no one knows where they were or what they did. And so the cliffhanger was, like, they're going to try to figure out what exactly they did during that time. And then the season premiere started five years later, and then that subject just started to come up again, where they're trying to figure out what they've done when they're under Savage's control. But I personally thought when I first saw a picture of that Nightwing was going to be it, like it's going to be like a parallel Earth or something, or just going to be a one-time special where they're in the future. But how it ended yeah. last week, it looks like that's how it's going to be for the remainder of the season, which I think is really cool. Well, I mean, it's 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 kind of nice to see because I mean, if you look at the animated series, it looked like it was pretty timeless. Yeah. I mean, no time change from seasons at all. It looked like. Yeah, and if it didn't get picked up again for the new episode, I mean, it would just ended with how it was with Jacob's Robin, and we wouldn't have gotten to see Nightwing and all that. But yeah, yeah it's, it's only a second season. It looks like they're making a big jump. With the characters. Yeah, no. It's, it's weird. Especially for only its second season. Yeah. I always wanted, when I, the show first got announced, I always kind of wanted it to be Tim as part of the team because we never got to see him as part of, like, the, Tim, the Teen Titans. Or... Okay, okay. Let, let me ask you. Is it because your name is Tim? No, it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Tim Drake is his name, Tim? No, Dick, Don't lie. I mean... Dick is always my favorite Robin, but I think Tim sometimes gets... Like shorten a little bit where he doesn't get included in a lot of things where it's always just Dick as Robin. Sometimes where they maybe try to make him have some personality wise like Tim, which I thought this, certain episodes were like in Young Justice, which is kind of why I thought wish they could have used Tim as the main Robin for the show. So I think it's cool that they're bringing him in while still having Dick as Nightwing. So I just would highly suggest catching up on the at least these last two episodes. They're just really cool Batman moments in there. Is this show on iTunes? Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't notice that. Maybe I'll have to actually watch it. <laughs> Definitely these two, yeah. And then, let's see. Oh, did you hear about the, you know about the Robot Chicken uh, DC special they're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> they finally get some more details about who's going to be in it. Yeah, the great Megan Fox is going to oh. be in it. I can't wait. I know, that's why they've kept it a secret so long. They wanted to hide the great celebrity talent they have coming to the series. I mean, the the the, the career dive that she took. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great to see her in anything. I'm sure this is going to be her uh, comeback. <laughs> robot Chicken as Lois Lane. A 15-minute Robot Chicken episode. I don't even think it's going to be that long. <laughs> And um, get, getting off of Megan Fox, <laughs> that sounded wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Paul Rubens, finally something besides Pee-wee, a creepy Pee-wee. As the Riddler. <laughs> As the Riddler. Oh, and a kind of a, a kind of an odd choice with Neil Patrick Harris as Two Face. Yeah. I don't know if that'll work. 
I mean, like, with Robot Chicken, you never know what direction they're going to go with these characters. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe in the context of the joke, maybe it'll work. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it, this entire thing is going to be a joke, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> one giant joke, so. I remember Gary Gary was telling us a while ago, he went to one of these conventions he went to, got to kind of see a sneak preview of it, where there was one Two-Face sketch that they have where, like, he was using the coin for everything, like, to go to the bathroom, like, yeah. if he should use toilet paper or not, or flush it or not. <laughs> it looks like the only actor who they got to actually play the character before is uh, Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Yeah, I know, because, I mean, I haven't heard his um, Green Lantern. Is it any good? Yeah, it's really good. It still uh, hasn't said, I think, when it's supposed to premiere, though. I think it's sometime in the summer. I would think it's in summer. Yeah, cause I think that's usually when they had the Star Wars one doing the summer. Yeah. I was about to say, who's going to voice Batman? But I guess, I think Seth Green is doing it. He's going to see Batman, Aquaman, and Robin. You <laughs> should make for a oh, it's, interesting um, Batman. The uh, the special is hour long. It's an hour long show. Cool, yeah. I, yeah. I think the Star Wars one were that, too. Usually when the yeah. they release them on DVD or Blu-ray, they're a little longer, too. Because they sometimes have some deleted scenes that they add in there. Yeah, just stuff they couldn't put in. They couldn't jam in. Yeah. And sometimes a lot of those ones were funny. Like, funnier than some of the ones that do make it. <laughs> what else got to happen this week? Um, uh, you still haven't played Arkham City, huh? Yeah, I beat it. Are you pulling my leg? <laughs> no. I, I played it. I, my, I, um, I got it for Christmas, and I beat it. I don't, remember, I don't remember you even mentioning that you got it yet or that you played it at all. <laughs> Yeah, all the conversations we usually had about it, <laughs> you never mentioned it. Because I know you didn't get it right away, but then it just never came up again. Yeah, because it came out in, like, October. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't get it till you know, Christmas, so. And here we are in May. <laughs> here we are in May. You had no clue that I beat nope. the whole thing. <laughs> well, the reason I brought it up was because they just announced the third release in the Game of the Year edition that has all, like, all the skins, all the DLC packs that they released, the playable character like Catwoman, Robin, and Nightwing already built into it, into the actual disc. But um, the big thing about it is that we're finally getting some new, like, Harley Quinn DLC. I remember we were talking about it last time where it was, like, rumored at that time, but now they officially announced it where it's going to be a new story-based DLC, which is really cool. Because with the last uh, game, Arkham Asylum, they just had, like, new challenge maps that you could download and play. Nothing story-related, so... This one should be cool. At least it continues on the story a little bit. Do so you think you'll download it? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. I mean, it's Harley Quinn. I you it feels like, um, I don't know, anybody else but Harley Quinn. Azrael. I would play an Azrael right. one. Uh, I think it comes out on the 30th. So if you change your mind, you still got time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, probably not. <laughs> well, I'll uh, let you know what happens. Yeah. Tim, you sample it for me. And then, um, if, if you give a positive review on it, I'll consider it. I'll give it a positive review no matter what. I'll build it up so where you have to get it. And then it, even if it sucks, it'll be stuck with it. So, so what if um, this Harley Quinn DLC is like, um, I hate to bring the character up again, but like that, have you ever played that Superman Nintendo 64 game? Oh, where man. All you just threw rings and stuff? I bought that game for $75 when it first came out. Oh. <laughs> Worst oh, game I ever bought. Oh, <laughs> I, I um, I played it at a friend's house, and I was like, "Yeah." Fortunate for you, you only played it at a friend's house. I didn't buy it. Oh god. I mean, I I must have gone through like five minutes of that game, and I was like, "Yeah, 
they totally screwed this up. Yeah, it was so that's, I think that's still one, probably one of the worst games of all time. Um, and now that you say that you spent seventy five bucks on it, dude. Actually, it's probably a little more because I remember looking at the box and oh, you need to have like the memory card for it. So I spent another twenty dollars getting a memory card for it. Like oh. ninety five bucks, <laughs> and and you were like. Were you at least 10 at that point? Well, I was 16. I actually just started my oh, first job. 16. I was working at a Toys R Us when that came out. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, my first year. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to get this Superman game. I want to get this memory card. And then you buy all that stuff, and it's just like, <laughs> wow. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I know how it feels to literally burn money. I know how it feels to cash a check and give it to a complete stranger. Nothing. <laughs> oh, that's what it felt like buying that game. Oh, and if, have you ever tried the multiplayer on it? Like that's even worse than the single player. <laughs> no, I, uh, Tim, I kind of want to ask you about that that experience, but I'm sure it's terrible. Please go ahead. It was it was actually we were like plugged in, plugged all the controls and started up, but we were pretty much like on the floor laughing of how bad it was, <laughs> how slow the animation was. <laughs> How bad the characters look! You're like, oh man, the, the multiplayer is so stupid because every character is on like a flying car or something. Even characters <laughs> I could fly, like Superman and Darkseid. Oh no! And like, uh, I think um, I went into a GameStop one time, and I was just looking around, and I think I seen that game for free. <laughs> the price tag just says free on there. I think they were giving it away for free. You know, like they have the, the used games that they yeah. give it out bin. Yeah. I think I've seen, seen it go for free. Man, it's not even worth that much. <laughs> I remember what I did was I think I might have traded it in too, but I should have just kept it. <laughs> it's so bad you have to keep it. Oh, so like you weren't, you weren't like, I, this game sucks. This game is just terrible. I'm just going to go in and get my money back. No, I can't even do that. Once you, where I bought it, uh, Poison Rise, once you open it, it's yours, unless it's defective. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Then, then I, I would have just went with a pencil or something and just screwed up that, um, the, the part cartridge. that, <laughs> cartridge that, you know, that has that uh, metal part. Yeah. You know, that closed, I would have just, you know, bent it a little bit and be like, oh, it doesn't work because... Dude, that game sucks. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry. That one and then the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker game that came out on the PlayStation, that's almost just as bad as that. Thank God I didn't play that. Uh, that one I only paid $40 for, but... <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> what? what the hell? <laughs> it was like it was a Batman. I, God, like, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but you're kind of like a fanboy that'll just eat up anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's how it was in those games. Batman or Superman, we gotta get it. Although the one for the PlayStation 2, the one that used the, the animated series models... Yeah, that one was pretty good. ...was, was kind of good. Yeah, yeah that, I thought that was kind of good. I remember fighting Mr. Freeze. The only thing I didn't like about that game was where you'd beat up these enemies, but they wouldn't stay down unless you handcuffed them all the time, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's literally like they'll screw it up really badly like that Superman game, or... They get it kind of right, and then you have uh, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Superman <laughs> still hasn't gotten its Arkham Asylum game yet. <laughs> Just like that. 
Yep, exactly. We'll see if it changes next year. <laughs> but um, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on to our comic book reviews. Um, just want to point out to everyone that we are spoiler heavy when it comes to our discussions on the comics. So if you haven't read any of them yet, you might want to skip this section and maybe read them and then come back and listen to what we have to say. So we're going to be covering the weeks of April 25th and May 2nd. And there's not really too much for these two weeks, but I guess we'll go ahead and start off with the 25th with The Dark Knight number 8. And Dane, I know you said you didn't read this one yet, but I did, so I'll go ahead and <laughs> let everyone know what they already know about The Dark Knight title, which I'm sure you can guess isn't that great. Shocking? <laughs> Very shocking. This is, the, this is the absolute best title. I, I know. I guess I am in the minority after all. Then. <laughs> I'm not liking it. <laughs> No, to be honest, you're in the very large majority. <laughs> yeah, this one, I mean, one thing you can always count on with The Dark Knight is some cool artwork by David Finch, but this issue, he wasn't even the artist on it, and it was just basically a one, one-shot one filler story. That I mean, you really can't complain that it is filler since the previous arc was bad and he didn't want it to continue anymore. <laughs> so. <laughs> It is a good point, I have to say. And this actually isn't the worst of the Dark Knight series, which I know isn't saying much, but there's been much worse than what's been, what happened in this issue. But it was So, so would fun. you say it's the best of the worst? No, because there's actually one issue that I did like. I think it was issue number six or five where uh, he takes on the Scarecrow and then Superman comes in and he fights him a little bit. I mean, there was nothing really to the story, but I thought it was cool seeing Batman take on Superman, and I always love it when the Scarecrow shows up, so that one I, that one was bearable. <laughs> but this one just has to do with where they, him and Gordon discover a subway train where they, they discover people kill themselves in there, and they're trying to figure out, of course, why it's happening, who's doing it. But then it goes back to that pointless side story that just seems like it won't go away with uh, Forbes and Gordon. Forbes trying to run him out of as commissioner. And then for some reason, he gets Gordon to go to, to see a psych- psychiatrist. Gordon, of course, doesn't want to be shocked by this, but then we have to sit through a pointless session with him at a psychiatrist's office, which sometimes, I know the animated series had that great episode with Two-Face where, where he was at a psychiatrist, which is really creepy and got to see him develop as Two-Face, but this one was just really pointless, where Gordon doesn't want to be there. He has to explain to the psychiatrist that there's nothing wrong with him. It just, again, has nothing to do with the overall story that's going on. But I just basically want this whole Forbes and Gordon thing to go away. This hasn't developed into anything at all. So um, just going off what you just said, it seems like nothing is new with the Dark Knight. It's the same old stuff, the same old mistakes, the same old crap. Pretty much. And there's right? a new writer, too, uh, Joe Harris. More than Paul Jenkins, I think, is finally off the title. I mean, there's a, there is a mystery of trying to figure out who's causing these people to kill each other, and it, Batman goes up against Tweedledee and Tweedledum, <laughs> who are villains I've never read before in a comics. I know I've heard of them. They're really old, but I've never actually read a story with them. Then, then it's revealed, that, the, of course, that they're working for the Mad Hatter, get the whole Alice in Wonderland team together, I guess. And then Batman stops them pretty easily. It just doesn't amount to anything. I mean, Mad Hatter, I, I like him as a villain, but this one was just... Just some filler and pointless. Like a lot of. Let me guess. Uh, the the character was totally wrong. It didn't feel right to you. Not that it didn't feel right. It just it just some pointless. <laughs> like it was too quick. He was there at the end, and then he's defeated real quickly. I mean, which makes sense. Where it's Batman against the Manhattan. Of course, he'll beat him pretty easily. But 
I don't know. This is not like a waste. It, he was kind of there just to be there. Yeah, this it has something to do with another arc coming up, which I don't think it is, and I hope not because it's, it was pretty weak anyway. But well, after this night of owls thing is over with the issue nine of the Dark Knight, maybe just maybe Greg Hurwitz uh, can bring something new to his book. He did great with the Penguin, and then the story is supposed to center on the Scarecrow, who's one of my favorite villains. So I'm actually hope getting. I don't want to say excited, but I'm hopeful that that series is going to turn around to be one of the better Batman books coming up. But we'll, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I mean, another thing about this issue, too, was uh, on the cover, it has the White Rabbit, who's been in that previous arc. And she shows up nowhere in this story. Really? <laughs> it's almost as if they forgot where they are in the arc, and they just put her on there because they thought they still in the same previous one. <laughs> then it turns out she's not even in it. <laughs> I mean, you said it was a, kind of like a one-shot filler thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so why would they even put it on the cover? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's not really an excuse. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to turn this, you know, trying to think of anything positive. One thing positive. The art? The art was pretty good. It wasn't David Finch, like I said earlier, but it wasn't ex- extremely bad word. Like, oh, I wish... David Finch would at least on the art for this one. I mean, it's it's serviceable. There's still a plenty cool shots of Batman, especially on the last page. Does that one of him standing on the roof? I mean, it's pretty hard to screw up a shot of Batman like that. So, I'm just hoping. I mean, I said it before, but I'm just hoping that Greg Hurwitz will bring something to this book. I mean, I can't imagine it can get worse. Yeah, so that's another thing. You got like, how can it get any worse? But I wouldn't put it past this book. <laughs> but the book is just cursed for no matter how good the writer is it ends up being bad it's just cursed it's a good explanation for it so how many uh, Batman Odyssey Bruce Wayne chest hairs would you give this this one's not going to be a full set of hair it's just going to be a one and a half <laughs> that's saying something positive about this book that you would yeah. give it one and a half yeah because I do I do like the Mad Hatter as a villain <laughs> I think it's mainly just my memories of him in the animated series of uh, Roddy McDowell voicing the character, who I thought was perfect. Yeah. He kind of looked like the, the design they used for the new Batman Adventures when the show restarted. kind of reminded me of that, except his mouth <laughs> looked more like a rat's mouth than it usually does. <laughs> with the teeth hanging out. So one and a half. Maybe I'd be uh, a little too positive, but <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and be nice to it. Since hopefully it'll eventually be getting better, and I won't have to pretend that, or have to be so generous to it. Did you read um, Teen Titans? Yeah, I did. That one, Uh-oh. that whole series and story ain't doing that much better, in my opinion. <laughs> this is another arc that's dragging on, where they're trying to stop that uh, organization nowhere that's rounding up these metahuman kids. It seems like they've been stuck in the same laboratory, <laughs> like their base, for like the past few issues. The story is not progressing enough for me anyway that keeps it interesting. And then this issue they were going against this villain who has them trapped in like this weird bubble. He like makes them show like sees their worst fears in a way. And then like they each one thinks they get out but they're actually still trapped by the organization nowhere. And it's leading up to a, this event, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's not really grabbing me and Red Robin's not in it enough <laughs> I think to warrant to be like a purchase for anyone who's just interested in like the Bat Family characters like Tim Drake. I kind of wish that they just go back to him having his own Red Robin book instead of just being exclusively part of the Teen Titan. Did you read it at all, Dane? No. Have you read any of them? I don't think, yeah. No, I haven't read one issue of it. Yeah, you're not missing much. I mean, that's the only way to get, like, to read about Tim Drake, but unfortunately, 
most of it hasn't been that great. There's been a, a few good issues where the first two issues I say were pretty good, and then where they fought against Superboy were pretty cool also. But now it just seems to be dragging on where you just want him to already like officially come together as a team. Like they're still like starting out and trying to get to, get to know each other. They don't trust all the members of the team just yet. So it's, it's eight issues in right now, so you kind of want it to finally like settle down and get going and <laughs> structure do something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd probably give that one. Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna have the same score as The Dark Knight. No. One and a half. It wasn't that great at all. One and a half what, Tim? Oh, that's right. <laughs> one and a half. Bruce Wayne, Batman, Odyssey, chess series out of five. Oh, that's <laughs> one, uh, now it's official. <laughs> wow, very negative reviews from you. <laughs> it's kind of a rarity because you you at least try to find one thing positive about. I know. I, I mean, the Teen Titans. There's really not much. I mean, it's cool because he's. It looks like Tim Drake like outsmarts some of the bad guys in that issue, but it turns yeah. out he's only being fooled and he's still trapped. So it's like <laughs> didn't really come across as him being like outsmarting anyone in it. <laughs> You're just being fooled again. So so that week didn't have that many great books as far as the Batman titles go, unfortunately. Yeah. But for May second, Dane gets to tell me if any for this week were good because unfortunately I fell behind in my oh, comics damn. this week and haven't had a chance. One one. You pick uh, Star Wars over the Batman, the Chris Nolan trilogy. Two, <laughs> you didn't read any comics from this week. <laughs> this is like the first time that's happened in I don't know how long. <laughs> so, so what happened? I just got this is like a busy work week for me that I had to deal with. So. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> Hopefully, by today's free comic book day, like you said, I'm trying. I want to get down there. <laughs> yeah, but the thing with free comic book day is they literally had like. Like those cheap Archie ones that you can get, and yeah. they had the Powderpuff Girls. <laughs> I think in previous re- previous years of comics on Free Comic Book Day have been pretty, like you said, the cheap, like generic brands, like issues that nobody cares about. Yeah. But as it gets more popular, they're starting to create issues specifically for Free Comic Book Day. Like there's that Justice League one that I want to pick up. It's supposed to, I think, like be a prelude to the next big arc in Justice League. I mean, the cover on it, it's really cool, too, so hoping they still have them <laughs> when I go down there. <laughs> but, gee, I don't know, Tim, it's 4 o'clock. <laughs> I know. Pretty sure they're sold out. I'm sorry. Hey, they're free. It's <laughs> <laughs> so the kind of people like They just want to go in there and grab them. <laughs> you know, what you should do is you should go down there, and you should grab, like, 10 of each, uh, each book that they have for free. I'm sure they have a limit. <laughs> Ten copies is like you never know. This could be worth a lot of money one day, even though it's free. A dollar. <laughs> hey, no matter what, it'll be a profit. It's like your great great grandkids are like, hey, look, great great grandpa uh, has some comics. Let's see how much this one this one's worth. There's Justice League on free comic book day, and then only like in the far future, it's, it's only worth like like two fifty, two dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> or it just stays at its value free forever. <laughs> it's worthless. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, for this week I read, of course, Detective, and of course Batwing. But let's start with Detective because it wasn't very good. Another shocker. <laughs> so Detective Comics number nine. First off, like. In the beginning, the issue opens up with the Talons going to find um, Jeremiah Arkham. 
And so the GCPD raises the bridge. But, like, I couldn't help but think that what if the owls had boats? <laughs> couldn't they just That's boat to the island? And it looked like they could fly, or at least glide. Yeah, I was going to say that, too, or glide over there. Yeah. I know, so what's the point of raising the bridge? I mean, I, I... If anything, you're just trapping yourself in there. Exactly. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, because at the end, Batman has to... Uh, he rescues Jeremiah Arkham, and he takes him in the Batmobile, and he um, he has to jump over the, the, bri- the, the bridge. But, like, um, I don't know, it's... It just felt overdone. Uh, like Daniel was trying to compensate for something. I mean, I, I don't think we needed a quick tour through Arkham Asylum. In fact, I, I don't think we needed this story because it doesn't really do anything besides state that Jeremiah Arkham is probably not going to die. And, I mean, that's the problem, too, because if you're going to use someone like Ar- Jeremiah Arkham, who's you know, pretty much a scumbag, to put it lightly, then you have to at least, at the very least, make us care about the guy. I mean, yeah, Batman isn't going to let anyone die on his watch, no matter what, and who it is, but that establishes why he's there, and why he's trying to save Arkham. But as a reader, it almost feels like this entire issue only supplements the the Night of Hollows crossover as a giant checkmark you know, on a list that was uh-huh. drawn up by Scott Snyder in the beginning. That's all. That's what it felt like to me. And if you add on the fact that the talents hardly felt like a real threat to the main protagonist, you know, um, Jeremiah Arkham and uh, Bruce, I don't know, like the the entire concept and and the issue just doesn't work. You know, if if the if the if the talents don't feel threatening, especially towards the end where, you know, Bruce takes down that talon that followed Arkham to his office. I mean, I don't think Bruce froze or decapitated that that owl, so I mean, I guess we're to assume that that owl is still alive and there's three owls in the uh, in Arkham Asylum still on the loose. So, I mean, that kind of doesn't do anything for the Night of Owls crossover if, if Bruce is just going to let you know, three three of the talons running around free in Arkham Asylum. But the bridges are up, so there's no danger for them to get out. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they can either boat out of there, they fly out of there. I don't know. I mean, I'm no rocket scientist, but I think they can get out of there. <laughs> to me, it sounds like what you're describing is that it's falling, unfortunately, to that category of tie-in issues to an event. I just... Yeah, Add up to nothing where you don't it, need to read it. It doesn't add anything yeah, to the overall. Yeah, it's your typical. Yeah, the, you nailed that on the head right there, Tim. I mean, that's exactly what it is. But I mean, the writing. I mean, it, it was okay in some places, but absolutely terrible in other places. Like again, the scene where the town followed Arkham. We we see in one panel the town pounding on the door, and in the next, Arkham is explaining to us that a talent followed him and is beating down the door. I mean... <laughs> Just in case you missed it. Isn't that kind of obvious? I mean, did we really need that explanation? I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. But um, anyways, after that travesty... <laughs> um, well, even though you, still, you said it wasn't good, I'm still probably going to have to pick it up for him when I eventually yeah. go and get the comics. <laughs> I don't want there to be a gap where 
Detective number eight and detective ten. <laughs> I, I mean, it, <laughs> like it's, complete. it's definitely worth picking up for the art uh, with, uh, of course, Daniel's art and um, Simon Kudransky's for the, the Two-Face backup. But yeah, the backup story in the beginning, I felt, had something going for it with the whole thing with Dominic Serrano being photographed intimately close to a woman who isn't his wife. And... Um, you know, the whole blackmail thing, but again, in to- total Tony Daniels style, he takes simple, that could be good, at the very least, good, and he complicates it in the worst possible way by introducing, um, I can't even remember the, the, the villain who he has to hunt down for Dominic Sterano. Apparently, he wants to get reinstated as Gotham's DA, or like an assistant DA or something, which I think is unnecessary. <laughs> for the character. I mean, I don't see why he would want to become the DA again, but whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, again, I'll, I would like to end my review on a positive note by saying that, like I said previously, I did like the cover. The cover was really, really good with uh, Bruce Wayne or uh, Batman fighting the, the three owls in what seems to be midair. Yeah, the cover and the interior art. Uh, I mean, both... Daniel and Kudransky were were born to draw Batman books, but not on stories as terrible as this. <laughs> like, they, they were just both terrible. I mean, they, I don't see any redeeming qualities in either. Of course, not the um, the the owl story. And I mean, I am totally uninterested in this Two Face story. I, I don't know where Daniel is going with this, and. To be quite honest, I don't really care. Yeah, well, the first one, the first backup story, yeah, I didn't really grab me that much anyway either. So yeah. it's not good to hear that this the second didn't do anything to change that. <laughs> to be honest and to be fair to Tony Daniel, he did have his moments of brilliance. Well, I, I wouldn't say brilliance, but goodness. <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> okayness. Okayness. Yeah, okayness. You know, with his writing. There's this one, I wouldn't call it a splash page, but it's a back-to-back page with um, long panels. And it goes from, uh, you know, Batman fighting the owls. And it, and then it goes to Black Mask. Black Mask I mean, is, is back, apparently. He came back from the dead in the New 52. And um, I just thought that one part was executed really well. Yeah, it's, it's Batman fighting the owls and... Um, Jeremiah Arkham talking to um, Black Mask, trying to get him to work for him, to to try to retake his um, retake the asylum. But like I was thinking, if he just if Jeremiah Arkham just simply let Batman do his job, which is take out take out the talons and um, you know rescue him, then he would have his uh, asylum back either way. So I don't know why he just didn't run away, but I don't know. Maybe that's just a Maybe I'm just splitting hairs, but but anyways. Um, speaking of hairs, I already just said speaking minutes. of hairs. That's a that's a tough one because I really like the art. Didn't like the the both the stories. One out of five. Bruce Wayne, Batman Odyssey, chest hairs. Out of five. Man, we're not doing too good on these three issues oh, so far. <laughs> been uh, terrible. I. I don't know why, but to kind of end this review session on a positive note, with Batwing number nine, I really enjoyed this. Comparing the 
the two Night of Owls books that came out, Batwing number nine has to be the better one. Because it was a simple story. David and uh, Lucius Fox and the Prime Minister of Africa, I think, are all at a at a banquet in Gotham just to promote Batman Incorporated. And they, they're attacked by Talons. And um, the Talons want uh, Lucius Fox dead. And so, of course, Batman saves, I mean, uh, Batwing saves Lucius Fox. But it, it was just like a simple story in nothing extravagant, nothing overdone like Tony Daniel and Detective. It was just a nice, you know, simple story. And sometimes that's better than an elaborate story where you try to jam things into it and try to give too yeah. much exposition on what's going on. Um, Especially if it's a tie-in, too, because it doesn't need to... It just needs to be a simple yeah, story. To- and, and, and the thing, too, is that the Talons actually felt threatening in this um, in this issue. Just like Batman number 8 and um, Nightwing 8, they actually felt threatening. Like, they could... They could kill, you know, Lucius Fox or um, the Prime Minister or even David. I mean, the talent pretty much takes out all of uh, Lucius Fox security. So yeah, he he actually felt threatening. And but um, the the only complaint that I have is, I mean, I can see why Judd Winnick did it, but it was the whole backstory with the talent that's attacking David or um, Lucius Fox, I should say. You know, apparently he was um, he was a Talon back in the 1800s, and the the Court of Owls decided that he he's useless because he's not silent and deadly. He's more like a you know like goes head in, head on and like yeah just starts wanting to kill his targets. Yeah, just kill your targets. Doesn't matter who sees who sees it, who uh, hears anything. It's just you know go in do the job, and if anybody hears it, go kill them. And that's what he did. He killed an entire family, and that's why... He, he killed an entire family that heard what was going on when he was killing his target. So uh, the, the court of laws decided to kill him and to reactivate him in the current day. And that's the talent that, you know, is attacking David. But I kind of felt that we didn't need that. But I can see why Judd Winnick did that, because... You know, he's trying to put a face to the the faceless talent mm-hmm. and trying to give a little backstory on you know the the night of the, the night of owls, so or the court of owls. Um, so I can see why he did that. But like I said, th- this this issue was just so much better than um, Tony Daniels' detective <laughs> because I mean, yeah, there's the court of owls thing and the night of owls crossover, and then you have some of David's. Uh, or, or some of the original Batwing story, you know, with Africa and how much turmoil was going on there. Like, um, apparently this prime minister isn't so clean as he appears to be. You know, he he's one step away from becoming a dictator, even though he tries to present himself like a, you know, good-hearted prime minister. And I just thought it was great how Judd Winnick connected that story and everything that's going on in David's personal story. With the with the um, Night of Owls crossover, I just thought that was really well done, and it was the the best issue I've read so far from the uh, Night of Owls crossover. Besides, you know, of course, Snyder's Batman. So uh, I'm gonna have to give this one a four four out of five. Bruce Wayne Batman Odyssey chest hairs because um, 
yeah, I, I just liked it way better than Daniel's Detective and Marcus Toe's art. Marcus Toe's back on a relevant book. It's not, <laughs> it's not Huntress for all people. Yeah. And, like, it, it's so great to see his art. If anybody was going to replace that original artist on Batwing, it would be Marcus Toe because it's just his attention to detail. Everything that you've loved about Red Robin and the art with, you know, in in that book, he transferred to this book, and it's awesome. So, yeah, four four out of five. Batman Odyssey, Bruce Wayne, Chesters. <laughs> that, that's good to hear. At least uh, Batwing still continue to be good. Good. Yeah. I know it's taken at least you and me by surprise of how good it's been with that whole first arc, and at least yeah, and like, nine of thousand is continuing. I'm surprised that like people don't like it. But, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it has its flaws, but every book has its flaws, you know. Yeah, of course. Except. Scott Snyder's Batman. <laughs> I don't know. Nah. No, I'm just playing. Of course it's well, awesome. I did. I think I did score it a four and a half out of five last time. I didn't give it a five. So, <laughs> oh, so there is flaws to it. Yeah. <laughs> Very small. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess the only other book, I don't know if you read it, was uh, the premiere of Earth 2 in the new DC. Yeah, I picked that up, but... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to read that. I, well, I, I mean, I, of course I'm going to read that, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. So you're not a fan of the parallel or, or the multiverse, uh, I would say. Not, not really. I, I kind of like it, but I don't like it when it gets really big. I mean, yeah. like the 52 difference. I kind of like the idea of, like, Earth 1 and Earth 2. Just to kind of, I guess if you wanted to give that freedom of different stories to tell, but when it gets too big is when I start, when I think it starts to get a little out of hand, <laughs> where there's too many universes. And some of them are just too, like, extreme and different where you really don't care about it. <laughs> or you don't see how it could be the same characters almost. But I'm definitely interested in seeing how this new Earth 2 shapes up. I do like the Batman design. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's it's Huntress and Power Girl. Uh, therefore, the new World's oh, Finest. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of World's Finest. Never mind. It's still the same thing. They're part of, they're part of the Earth 2, I believe. That they're just focused on those characters. Yeah. But I think the Earth, actual Earth 2 book is supposed to have a lot of the members of the Justice League in it, I think. So, hopefully it turns out good. Unless it'll become the next casualties of the canceled, canceled books. Honestly, I can kind of see it going there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of like, was it um, Static Shock? Yeah, he was part of the... I mean, I don't, think, I don't think anybody was ask, asking for that. I don't really think anybody's asking for World's Finest. Well, maybe with those two characters. I think the World's Finest title could be cool, but... The, the other problem is, too, that um, it's Paul Levitz that's writing it. Yeah, like I said to you before, I'm surprised I didn't like his Huntress story yeah, at all. There. He usually does pretty good. I really enjoyed the one-shot issue he had of uh, Batman Beyond. Like the Batman Superman that was set in the Batman Beyond universe. That was really good. Do you know why he um, he uh, stepped down from the co-publisher? Title? Yeah, it was when they were going through that whole new process of instead of just being DC Comics, uh, forming into DC Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And then they hired that, I think her name's Diane Nelson, to be the president. Because it wasn't just going to be strictly like in charge of just the comics, it's DC Entertainment, which is going to be about comics, TV shows, movies, and all that. Oh, so he wasn't, like, kicked out? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how it went down. I think it might have been somewhere maybe they asked asked him to step down. Oh, like, yeah. Right, or something like that. Bring in the new president. Yeah, and, spe- and speaking of, like, I don't know, something weird going on is the whole Amy Reader thing with Batwoman. 
I mean, because she was supposed to um, continue doing the art. Yeah, wasn't that like a sudden thing? Where it's- yeah, and there was like creative differences or something, like issue 10 and 11 or something like that, and then they ended up bringing in Trevor McCarthy because she left. Hmm. That's going to be a big like change of style from what the art is normally done with Trevor McCarthy's. Yeah, but I, I just want to see J.H. Williams on, back on that book. But anyways, with that, I guess we're done for this week. You can check out our host site, The Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse, or twitter.com, and the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. Um, you can also, I mean, we're not on iTunes yet, but you can review the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes. I'm sure they would appreciate that a lot, and it'll make us look sexier for some reason. <laughs> so that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants. Everybody in this world just wants to look a little more sexier. But anyways, um, our outro music is provided by our friend Spangler. You can find them on Facebook dot com slash spangler band that's everything um thank you guys for listening again uh, hopefully you'll follow us every two weeks i forgot to say that last week we're a bi-weekly podcast so um yeah every two weeks we'll have a new episode for you guys uh but anyways my name is dane thank you for listening as always see ya see everyone bye everybody There's a secret I'll take with me to my grave